Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Get your pleasure holes ready. Let's get squelchy. It's episode 451 of Film Bastards. And this week, voted for by patrons, it's our Cronenberg special. Oh dear. We're going to be talking about Shivers. We're going to be talking about Naked Lunch. We're going to be talking about Existence. And we're going to be talking about Cronenberg's latest film, Crimes of the Future. I'm going to talk like Christian Stewart for the whole film. Please, sorry. Uh, for, the, <laughs> for the podcast. And I'm going to talk like Bill Monson for the whole film. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to wobble about in a chair for, like, the entire thing. So, as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello, everyone. I'm Matt Foster, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Um, So, uh, we'll also uh, talk some trailers. I'm sure there's been some news. Um, we, We may be distracted while recording this show. We are recording on Wednesday, the 6th of July, a.k.a. the night... Boris may fuck off. He will not. Um, (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I cannot imagine him resigning. It's just the fact that he doesn't even have enough people willing to take the fucking roles for all the people who have resigned today. It's 37 now. It should go up again. Yeah, there we... It, it, It seems apt that we're about to talk Shortly about the uh, clerks three trailer, and the number has got the thirty seven. Oh dearie me! Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, fucking hell. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, we just recorded film bastards get f where you absolute bastards <laughs> made us watch disaster movie, um, and we talk about it for about twenty minutes. Um, I did a Let's Get Physical over the weekend. Uh, the days have gone against me somewhat, and I haven't been able to do a Bastards box office report. I had to go into the office yesterday to do a 10-minute presentation for a potential client, and with some rail replacement buses that are happening on my line this week, it took me a two-and-a-half-hour-long commute there and back. I, so that, that, tomorrow, that, yeah, that, yesterday that's was fucked. I, yeah, um... it's... Is what it is. Yeah, I was um, was supposed <laughs> to be going to see um, Guns N' Roses uh, this week um, with 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 Noel, um, and promptly on Monday morning had my uh, hotel cancelled, um, which was because of booking, which was not nice. Um, so oh, is that why? Yes, it's Christ. Um, then later on in the day, after I'd managed to get to Manchester, um, having um, had to be delayed over an hour because the train that I was on literally had to stop for uh, forty-five minutes, so I missed my connection uh, um, there. Uh, just, just, just to pause, Mark. Given how much you hate train stations, are you sure you didn't get on the wrong train? I am very sure, yes, because I asked okay. many, many right. people, including this terrifying girl that was sat next to me. Are you going to Manchester? And she's like, yes, I to visit the Manchester train. She's like, yes, are you sure? She's like, yes, do you not know what train you're supposed to be on? Like, I'm just making sure. Um, 
And then, well, I don't like translations. Uh, yeah, then um, we were having a um, having a drink, and we were downstairs in a bar um, in in Manchester. Myself, Noel, and um, Adam Lowe's. Um Oh, nice. Uh, Noel had gone upstairs to grab drinks. Uh, I got text message off the other guy that we were going to watch Guns uh, N' Roses with, saying, "Guys, um, look at this." And our train had been cancelled. Our train to Glasgow had been cancelled. So then we were like. Shit, we're going to have to find an alternative way to... We're going to get a train. We're going to have to find an alternative train to get to Glasgow. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. And then what would you have it? Noel came, sat down and went, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, what? He said, the gig's been cancelled. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. So, Monday morning. So when I was talking on Twitter with Adam about Keir Starmer, was he with you? What's that? Possibly, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? about half eight-ish. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. So that was was strange. So I went from Monday morning, being able to be getting a train, staying in the hotel, watching Guns N' Roses, and going back, and all of it (laughs) cancelled. Separately. Yeah. It was, but I got to get shit first with the instead. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that dear. Was yeah. So, so that, that was news, not yeah. film news, but that was Um but yeah, patreon.com forward slash film bastards for um early access to the show and bonus content. Um so yeah, film news. Um a Will Ferrell Reese Witherspoon comedy uh is uh uh, has been sold to Amazon. Um, that could be fun. Um, apparently, the major studios sat it out because it kind of seems like the studios just don't want to put comedy on the big screen anymore. Which um, could which be, is depressing. Which could be a, a a misstep because you've got. I keep remembering that coming out in December is that Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell musical comedy. The Christmas one. Oh yeah, the um, spir- spirited. Is yeah, that what it's called, or... and, and I have yeah, a feeling okay. that, that that could end up being a lot of fun and like a a, a decent little number. Is that the one where they did the um, the, the, the song video on the set of? Yeah. 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 Did I just end you two with my incredible it was being singing? Cool. I was, I, I was shooketh. So it's basically, what's it? Christmas Carol. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Anything Christmas Carol related, I will watch. <laughs> yep, that's coming this Christmas, isn't it? Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I it, it was um. Yeah, just disappointing to see, like see specifically that the studios were just like um, no thank you. Um, the only big screen like theatrical release comedy I can even think of that's coming is um, Bros, uh, which looks great. I'm really really looking forward to that, uh, and I hope it makes a shitload of money to um, make studios feel more confident. But the fact that it's about gay dudes. 
makes me think it's not going to. Ooh, I don't know. It could have that. I, I hope I'm wrong. I it, hope I'm wrong. Jesus. It yeah. could have that thing where, you know, you, you, you can get what you would, what people would think is a tiny little support thing that appeals to like a mass community. And people go, oh, I don't know anyone who went to watch that. It's like, right. I'm, how involved? Like, like when people say, who's going to watch all these Tyler Perry, Perry movies? It's like, like a third of America, you dumbasses. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just find that um, kind of dispiriting. Um, I am going to see a Netflix film in the cinema next week. Um, I'm going to go see The Grey Man in the cinema. And I could see Persuasion, but I'd be kicked out. <laughs> Is Persuasion playing then, near you? Yeah, it's playing the fucking showcase by me. Fucking nice. I'd, I'd, if that was playing near me, I'd go and see it. I'd check to see if it is. I'd be, I'd be fucking... T- like, showcase, seriously. If they had any kind of unlimited pass, I would... Like I, I would, I would go. Like they, like they do Netflix stuff, they do Apple stuff, and the, the customer service is good as well. I like it, it, deep in COVID times, I'd booked a couple of tickets to go. Uh, well, a ticket, sorry, to go see The Exorcist because they were playing it there. And then um, it was uh, Wales had like a circuit breaker lockdown, and the, 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 they um, they weren't able to open. And then the cinema manager emailed me and said well, i'm really sorry about this we're gonna um we're gonna comp you a couple of tickets and i was just like look mate don't worry about it i'll be honest with you that i i don't need that seven pound and you know you've got you've got people to pay and blah 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 and he was just like that's really nice of you and when the comp tickets and, and, but don't worry about it and when the comp tickets came in the post it gave me four fucking tickets for one ticket that's just somebody doing their job properly. Like, properly, isn't it? That, that, that's yeah, somebody yeah. going, I give a shit, and I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it was just such a... Fuck, it, like, that, that manager obviously is able to do shit they want to do and was just, like, good, like you say, good customer service. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the only the fact that I currently have both an unlimited card and a limitless card that stops me from going to showcase more often. Um, I really, really wish they'd do something like that. And I know that sounds insane, but I got a year of Cineworld Unlimited for less than £100 uh, through work, which was just an incredible deal. Um, but yeah, and it's so... I, I, I'm up for watching these fucking streamer films in a cinema if they're going to put them on before they're actually like on the service like i i went to see ma rainey's black bottom in the cinema uh and uh accidentally exposed my boy paul to um having to uh quarantine for 10 days because two days later i was like i i i got covid uh so um i sorry i don't know where i'm going with this but it's just like i i wish that like this content could just just go in cinemas as well yeah you know because why the fuck not 
Cine, like Cineworld and Odeon at the moment are playing maybe five films across 14, 15 screens. Yeah. The thing is, I, I don't think the Grey Man is playing... I mean, it's not playing Cineworld. Uh, no, God no. It God might no. be playing Parkway. Is it not? But it might be playing Parkway next week. Could they have been showing trailers for it, Parkway? It, yeah. It comes... It comes, yeah, it comes out a week Friday. Like, Showcase is just weird where they will advance book shit, like, weeks in advance. But mm. if if that if your cinema is trailering The Grey Man, it will play The Grey Man next Friday. Yeah. Which, um, it's back with don't put out what's... They, 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 it's like Tuesday again when they put out their bits. Uh, but yeah, but I would, you know, I'll happily go and see that at the cinema. Yeah, well... Because, you know, it's, yeah, it's a big budget blockbuster. If, the thing is, the way I look at it is, if that wasn't a Netflix film and it was just a film that was coming out of the cinema, I'd go and see it at the cinema. Mm. So why the fact that it's a big budget film and yeah, it's Netflix, but I, I still want to see it at the cinema because I want, I want to experience it at the cinema. Mm. And if people don't, if people want to just say, well, I prefer to watch it at home, then that's cool. But there will be plenty of people who will happily go for the cinema experience. And it's going to be such an interesting experiment. 20 past seven, Friday night, the day it comes out, new film starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, directed by the directors of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Let's see how many people are there. Yeah. Well, we'll probably go into, I would think, probably part of it. Yeah, for sure. Which I'm cool with that. Nice. Yeah, I am yeah, very, nice. I am very much on the let's just cancel Cineworld train still. Yeah, my brain keeps on going. The problem is have to cancel Cineworld now. It's not like they they have small movies anymore, and it's not they like don't they do, do um, unlimited movies. No, yeah, they don't. And so my brain's going, yeah, yeah, but but if I cancel it now, I'll lose the black card that I've got that gets me twenty percent off concessions that I never buy. Yeah, and restaurants <laughs> that you'd never go to because they're all chains. Yeah. This, I mean, honestly, that, and I've said before, I get it with like the big chains about like that. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, they're programming the films that are going to bring bring people in, but it 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 is becoming the norm. And you know, fair play. It, it the if the distributors aren't necessarily releasing them because shit is just being sold to streaming. I kind of get it. Like, I was pleasantly surprised that that Brian and Charles film is playing at my Cineworld this week. I thought for fucking sure that wasn't, and it is. You know, and I, I will go I will go check that out. Um, but apart from that, what is it? It's for Jurassic World, Top Gun, Lightyear, Minions. Yeah. And, and then, to be fair, a, a lot of kind of like um, uh, I- I- Indian films. Like, they're very good... Good with that cinema world, yeah. yeah it just, yeah. it's. But I, I, I just. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in September and October when the summer movie season is over, and then, then what do they program? Because I hope it is, Oscar botherers and things like that. You know, just like the smaller films, giving giving them a chance. Um, we shall see. Hmm. Let's move on to trailers. Yeah. Um, and there's been a few today that have dropped. There have been a couple today, actually, hasn't there? It's gone from being 
there's no trailers to. Oh, there's a few actually. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so we got Gina Prince Bythewood's so uh, uh, new film. Spe- you know, speaking of Netflix, director of The Old Guard from a couple years back, uh, The Woman King. Um, looks looks all right. I'll I'll watch this. The thing is, I've seen a few bits on that when the trailer came out. Watch yeah. trailer. I'm I'm up for this film. I'm up for the story. I'm up for everything. I just don't think it's a very good trailer. No, it's like, like the content is fine. I just don't think it's very well put together. Trailer. It just feels like it's just a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the film, I really want to see. <laughs> it's a really odd one. I don't, I don't like that trailer, but I want to watch that movie. So, so maybe the trailer did exactly what it was supposed to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got got a feeling John Boyega's gonna die relatively early or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, no, I mean we shall see. I mean Viola Davis in that role feels like something that is just like, well, of course I will watch that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit like Viola Davis in. It's like, yeah, go on. Right. <laughs> sold. Yeah, I'm just having a look. Viola Davis in Disaster Movie Two. Ooh. Still sold. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody right. Um, just having a look at when that comes out. So it comes out, I think, the 16th of September in the US. It is not listed over here for then, huh? Okay, I wonder when the fuck that's going to come out over here then. Um, oh, uh, here we go. It comes out on the seventh of October. So yeah, so um, I played the week after then. No, so like I think weeks, I, I, weeks after then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think my um, my Florida cinema visits are starting to firm up. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I will go see The Woman King and I will go see Don't Worry Darling. Um, the Universal... The, the cinema at the Universal City Walk, while the others are doing shit for a few hours, I'll just go watch a movie. That's what's going to happen. Uh, oh, even though I do have a car this time. So, sorry, just a slight tangent. A bit indulgent, but I drove my father-in-law fucking mad the last time we went to Florida in 2009 because I wasn't driving then. And I was really, really trying to find a Blu-ray copy of Trick Our Treat. <laughs> um, and I couldn't find the fucker, like, anywhere. I was checking best buys and all sorts. Couldn't find shit. This time around, I'm driving. Uh, we've got our own hire car. You bet your fucking ass I am going to take myself off to like some best buys and targets and have a look at what they what fucking 4Ks they've got. Nice. Oh, I can't I can't fucking wait. I can't wait. I'm going to order shit off amazon.com while I'm over there like 4K discs and whatnot because uh, I won't have to pay the shipping like the um international shipping charges. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a nerdy yeah. delight. You're gonna get a bit of prime and just order them to your hotel, aren't you? Well, we're, we're yeah. I mean, like we're staying in like a, what is essentially an Airbnb. So, uh, but it's like a like a villa kind of thing. And literally, I cannot wait 
for the look on my fucking father-in-law's face when 4K disc-shaped packages start arriving for me. <laughs> nice. I can't, I can't, I can't wait. Like, my mother-in-law just, like, reacts to a lot of the shit with me with genuine amusement. But he will, he will find it funny. He will somewhat respect it, and he will gleefully take the piss out of me for it. Which is um, all fine. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't wait. I've already told my brother-in-law as well that um, me and him are going to Uber to Disney World one day and get really, really drunk at the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge thing. Um, <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't fucking wait. Anyway, uh, right, so The Woman King. We also have Amsterdam. Um so a lot of people bringing up the uh, the uh, the word that David O. Russell once sexually assaulted his niece today. Um, I literally saw someone tweeting uh, saying, "Oh, if you want to watch uh, the new Amsterdam trailer, Google David O. Russell niece, and you'll find it there." Um, so there's there's that. Um, that feels like maybe new information. Yeah, it does a little bit. Uh, yeah, doesn't it? I actually um, don't want to Google it. Not to don't want to know anything like that. I just don't want to Google that. <laughs> yeah, don't want that on my search history. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, I'll just wait the for the cat to is... Google it. <laughs> 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 you don't do that. It does do that. Um, but Amsterdam, the trailer itself, uh, this looks all right. I don't really have... A... The trailer keeps on saying, like, a lot of this was real. And it's like, what? I'm not entirely sure what the story is. So, yeah, sure, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 it's a very big cast, isn't it? It is a hell of a... I mean, Taylor Swift's in there, for fuck's sake. What the fuck's she doing in this? Mm. It's a bit mad. Yeah. Maybe she wants someone yeah. else on a filmography with a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, she's got Valentine's Day. She's got uh, one of the films of 2020, Miss Americana. That's just about um, her, isn't it? It's just like a documentary. Yeah. It's yeah. She's got uh, Folklore, the uh, 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 something Pond Sessions. That also doesn't count. I believe it does. It's not a film, though, is it? It's filmed. <laughs> you know, we're really lowering the bar for counts then. It was filmed. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the fuck this is about. Does anyone? Three friends, doctor, a nurse, and an attorney become the prime suspects in a murder in the nineteen thirties. Well, yeah, I mean, so the tagline's like, well, this, you know, a lot of of this is based on true events. Sure, yeah, all right. Some friends were prime suspects in a murder, were they? Shocking. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I like it when Chris Bale looks like he's (laughs) having fun. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, I'm looking forward to it. I just, I, I, I'm finding it hard to get in my head. It's journey, journey Smollett all over again. Um, I'm just finding it hard to process it. 
yeah, that shit happened. All right. I but I'm still looking forward to the film. I think it's that they uh, there's, there's a big event they were in, but they sort of get involved in. Yes, it says, set in the 30s, it follows three friends who witness murder become suspects themselves and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. So, like, books. It's obviously adjacent to some kind of historical event, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the trailer's done what it's supposed to do. It's got us all interested. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We shall see. Uh, any any others before the, 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 the big ones to talk about? No. We actually we actually sat down and did with Vex to actually look at sort of um, trailers before these three arrived earlier today. Yeah. And we're like, oh, there's nothing. I mean, there was a Hocus Pocus 2 teaser trailer. Yeah, I mean, it was barely anything, was it? No, it was barely anything. And all it did make me go was it doesn't have any of the tone of Hocus Pocus. No, it looks like, you know, that awful fucking craft form they did. It, just, it looked way too oh, serious. David McMelty face. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it just looks like that. Yeah. Like, yeah it's got no much charm to it. No, I, I, but then again, I am from the, the school of thought that it's nowhere near as good as people will tell you that it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine, don't be wrong. It's just, it's not the hidden classic that it's now being thought of as. It kind of is. Oh, no. It it is. It's a classic family film. Lots of people love it. You don't. Yeah, you dick. Something I'm right. <laughs> um. So yes. Um. Clerks free. Um. I'm looking forward to this because I like the first two films. Um. And I'm up for just Kevin Smith just being meta and, again, knowing his audience. Yeah. You know, after a few years where he was swerving about all over the place, Kevin Smith is now very successfully staying in his lane. Yeah, that's it. It, it, It's... I think he's looking at it... Because the Jane Sant Bob reboot was very much fan service, but it was quite... It was sweet enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm liking the idea that this seems to be a little bit more of, right, I'm just going to have the characters from the two movies in there. Mm. You know, I've not got... it, And it might turn that it does have them in it, but my daughter and Johnny Depp's kid um, aren't feature characters mm. in this. It's not about... This is... This is, this mm. is this is for people who not just love my movies, but specifically love these movies. Yeah, and these characters. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I'm just looking forward to spending time with with those characters again, mm. uh, and just seeing kind of like what they're gonna do. And it's that it's that weirdness. And um, I've already seen people like comment on it saying, "Fucking hell, how old do they all look?" It's like, well, yeah, it's been almost thirty years yeah. since the first one. Yeah, they're going to look older. <laughs> 
they're, they're, they've gone probably in their 20s and in their 50s. Yeah. For this. Yeah. I'm not as obviously you're you're a massive clerk fan, but I, I actually like clerks clerks too. Um which I didn't anticipate before watching. Yeah, I avoided it for a long time, didn't I? Yeah, that's it. I, I just it, I'm like you said it there, it it, it it very much does look like it is just going to be a level of fan service. But that's kind of what clerks should be. So, yeah. for instance, um, the next $200 million Marvel movement shouldn't be fan service, cameos, 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 cameos. But the $8 million <laughs> Clerk 3 kind of should be. <laughs> because they aren't trying to get anybody who hasn't seen Clerks or Clerk 2 to come and watch it. No. No. They're cut. It's a film because those films are successful, and because every three to five years they can do a new release of Clerks in some format, mm. and it sells really well. So they know there's enough. There's a, somebody has done enough of the math <laughs> and got at Lionsgate and gone, yeah, this. You want to make it, yeah. Can you make it with this budget? Yes, I can. Then there you go. Yeah. If it doesn't, we think it can it can make a profit on this. If it doesn't, it's not that much of a big deal to us. Yeah. Um, and we know that Kevin Smith already has a built-in audience and a built-in platform to publicise it. Yeah. Quite nicely for us. So it's the whole... The, the, an accountant has done a risk versus reward on this and has gone. Yeah. We think it's worth it. I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting that there's a trailer, but there's no release date. Um, I do ever so slightly wonder whether this is going to be like an in cinemas and VOD at the same time kind of job. It's, and I think that would be smart. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Unsmart. It will make it. it because it, it's coming. Because there's Rod showing it again, isn't it? In the yeah, but I mean, it's got distribution through Lionsgate, so there has to be some sort of normal m- distribution model for this. Yeah, yeah. it says in, in theatre this fall, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. Okay. What I was reading was that it, it's that the the roadshow will happen um, for it, like the roadshow will start. I think it's still two weeks before the actual full release. Yeah. And then that's what happens. You'll get all these special, or a week, I think it is. And the roadshow will last two weeks. Yeah. So that it won't end up being that you have two weeks of people talking about what is it. Because that's what happened a little bit with James Simon Paul. Was that you had a lot of people going, oh, I know this. And it's like, ah, shoot, I might have put someone out a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, it's. um... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it. I fully think it could be shit, uh, if, if if I'm honest. But then again, I said that about Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and I thought that was all right. Yeah. I, so I don't think it's going to be... It kind of doesn't indicate that it doesn't look shit. I don't think it's going to be shit. It, I, just, I, I think it's going to be for an incredibly specific audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 
I'm a, I'm applying the Ghostbusters Afterlife metric to it for me, where like I criticise that film for being the DiCaprio pointing meme the movie. There, 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 it feels like there's like a dozen of those moments just in this trailer. Um, my, 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 I want to see be, what else it's got. I will, I will also put forward for the reason why I think it's okay to apply that, but Ghostbusters Afterlife cost $75 million and was being marketed to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. But I mean, like, my own personal reaction to it. You know, you know, like, it, it, look, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the fact that the guy who plays Randall, Jeff Anderson, the fact that he returned, because getting him is always the sticking point, Yeah, does give me some hope. Yeah, because he said, no, um, no, 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 no. And then when Kevin Smith apparently completely rewrote it uh, after his heart attack, um, that's when he went, now that I will make. Yeah, I mean, that, so that that's the kind of thing that's like, you know, oh, or, okay then, let's see. Um, I've got a lot of respect for that guy. Like, it's not like he's been a popping up as Randall in disaster movie you know for for years or anything like that he's basically done randall and what that's almost it uh he was in was he in zach and mary make a porno he was yeah oh was he all right well no i mean but i mean but not not as randall he's not yeah no sure sure but he's not like trading on that shit you know the fact that he's like no i'm actually only gonna do this if i think it's all right i'm not that bothered about being in these like that's that's something that that, that's it he's very much he's not interested in it being a paycheck yeah yeah exactly um so you know hey we'll 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 see we'll see uh, okay. All right. So let's get squelchy. Yeah. Shivers from 1975. Obviously directed by uh, Cronenberg. Stars Paul Hampton, Joe Silver and Lynn Lowry. The residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless, sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. Ah, yeah. Uh, So, this is... Cronenberg's first full-length feature? I think, I'm pretty sure it is. He had... Stereo, which was 63 minutes, and the first time you made Crimes of the Future. Yeah. Which, 63 minutes as well. Well, I think they were, they were, they were part of a, they were a double, weren't they? They're both yeah. short films, aren't they? Yeah. So I think they're about um, 40 minutes and 23 minutes or something like that, I think. So... I used to get Shivers and Rabid conflated in my head because I was surprised when the ending of Shivers was the ending of Shivers and not the ending of Rabid. Because the ending of Rabid, if I remember correctly, is like just like basically like bodies being fucking chucked into a essentially a rubbish van 
and then shit being cleaned down and it's as if it never happened. Yes. Um, whereas Shivers, it's just, just this fucking horrible bleak ending. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, so, it's wormy parasites that make people want to fuck. Um, and it starts with a guy killing a girl and then cutting her body open and doing shit. So, I was having a great time, guys. Yeah, um, when it started, um, I, I've not seen Shivers since probably, I was about 14. Mm. So, you're talking like 25 years. Um and so I, I remember it. I think I think the the the, the of it over the years um, has probably made me think that it was a bit ickier than it was. Yeah. Uh, but at the start of it, I was I, we were saying, weren't we? Yeah, don't be here. going to be getting on with this. <laughs> well, that is literally the worst bit. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. When he cuts her open and pulls the acid in to try and kill the parasite. I, but, but I, I, I love what I, what I love about that scene uh, is the the filmmakingness of it. Is the fact that you've just got this this wine this this shot uh, from a from an angle where you can't see the inside of the body. Yeah. You could just see him start to cut, but you don't see the cut. No, no, there's no. You, and shot. you don't see him fiddling around. You just see him pulling something out and then, like, and then pouring acid yeah. over something. So it, it, it very much is, that looks great, but they haven't had to spend any money on doing any kind of yeah. grimness of yeah. it all. And it, 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 it's, it's that thing of what we have with Phantasm, where it's clever filmmaking yeah. that makes you, you could go away from that. If, if, you'd have, if, if you'd have told me, oh, I read that opening scene where it's that, in my brain, I've been thinking, oh, yeah, you, where you see everything that's going on, and then would have been going, oh, fucking hell, yeah. Yeah, you can't, your brain kills it. The, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, everyone thinks they see things that they don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what, it's the Mandela effect, I think it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that people think that the, the, the Reservoir Dogs has the highest scenes in it, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was. I, I found it obvious pain. Your first what, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was expecting. Fucking. Really, really great. Sorry. And it's, it's just not. I even. I was explaining to Isabel, like, the, the, the storyline. I think it's fine. No, it was sort of work. Ah, yeah. Um, and sort of saying, yeah, it's supposed to be like this sexually transmitted parasite, but you never actually really see any, like, sexy stuff. It's always like they kiss and you can see a bulge coming up one one's throat and then going down the other ones. Like, there's not really any like ex- explicit icky sexy stuff, is there? There's not really much explicit icky ball. No, there's no, there's not. It's implied. It's there's an oppressive nature yes. to the film that I does get under my skin as such. Yeah, there's a great where, atmosphere to it, isn't there? Mm, it's great filmmaking. It's terrific filmmaking. Um, 
right from the start when you got the opening credits and that guy just like talking about the uh the apartment building yeah and it's just like yeah and all the shots it's like it, there's one where he talks about like the impressive views and it just looks like a fucking industrial estate outside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it's just like something's not fucking right here yeah and all the way through the thing about Cronenberg films, which I think plays into all of these, is that they look like they're ill. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it that it does. I mean, it, it that is fully formed from the start. There's just something not right, and I absolutely, you know, absolutely. All of these films, spoiler alert, I think none of these films are shit, but none of them are for me. I think there are some, there's one in particular that's maybe closer to for me than others. But with this, it just, I just feel icky. And there is such hopelessness in that last 20, 25 minutes or so. Um weirdly reminded me of like halloween free season of the witch mm-hmm. where it just like shit's not going to be right no matter what happens at the end of the film shit's not going to be right and then you've just got that really fucking upsetting bit where he finally makes it out of the building like oh, gets yeah. over that wall and then they're just fucking descending upon him and, and it's yeah. just like I think also oh, as well, you like, are fucked. The, the great, the, 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 the filmmaking, the, the confidence of the filmmaking to have the, you know, the, 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 the bit in the pool at the end. Yeah. But then to put that in a slow motion. Yeah. It's just really fucking good. It just, it, you're basically watching just like this thing that you, that you hope, that isn't supposed to happen. They're supposed to conquer it. Yeah. He's supposed to get away. Yeah. Or he's supposed to be able to kill it. Or anything like that. And it isn't. It's then essentially slowly showing you the the hero being uh, the hero being taken down by the heroine of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of brilliant for that. Yeah, and then that fucking ending. Yeah. It's the thing is, I, I, I can get why for you, it's not because the atmosphere of it is just it's off from the beginning, yeah, and it just gradually just gets more and more. It's it's a weirdly it's a weirdly low energy film. It is, yeah, but in a yeah, it, but it's so unsettling though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but but like not like it's not like lethargic or boring. It's just it, it's not. It's almost procedural in what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, it, it, it's a really is a. And I don't want to say fun little movie because it's not fun, but just a fair play to David. <laughs> fair play. Yeah. yeah, it's gnarly. Yes, and you know, if I was a young, I, I, yeah, yeah, I. It it, it 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 shows me that I am 
I'm not growing out of horror because I think that that isn't what I mean. It's just I'm getting too old for it. Or my way of seeing the world is changing in a way that it's like, yeah, I don't have fun watching this. Um, and I don't. I absolutely appreciate the filmmaking and the sense of dread. Um, but it just emphatically... No, thank you. Oh, God, what's the thing? I always forget what Bex says. Thanks, I thanks, hate I it. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Emphatically, thanks, I hate it. It's how we like this. Yeah. I really like Shivers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's totally fair. Absolutely fair. Um, I mean, it's definitely not shit from me. Definitely not shit, yeah. Uh, our audience poll... Uh, 57% definitely not shit, 29% touching cloth, and 14% shit. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at it all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. And Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzilla as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. CS3P Combat! Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO.
Round two, fight! You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. Just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Naked Lunch. I can think of at least two things wrong with that title. Um, <laughs> can we just appreciate how good a line that is in the Simpsons? Yeah, fucking incredible. Um, starring uh, Peter Weller, Judy Davis, uh, Ian Holm, and uh, plenty of others. Um, after developing an addiction to the substance he uses to kill bugs, an exterminator accidentally kills his wife and becomes involved in a secret government plot being orchestrated by giant bugs in a port town in North Africa. Um, Mark, what was this film about? Um, this film was a combination of about um, William S. Burroughs almost showing off about the fact that he shot his wife, um, and um, and just kind of like some Hunter S. Thompson, you know, prototype <laughs> machinations about writing as a drug addict. It has yeah. no real meaning. Well, it's the, the the book is apparently about how drugs and the death of his wife were what led him to become a writer. Yeah, but he, he, he was already writing stuff before that. Not really to the same level, though. Not to the same level, no, but he was, it, it's a, um, it's not about anything, that's, that, I think that's kind of the, the ridiculousness of it all, is, it, it, it's part of the enigma is what's it about? Nothing. <laughs> it's just a collection of things, <laughs> and it's it's kind of the thing is the, the weird thing about making lunch is it's more notorious than it is celebrated, and it's more notorious for what it isn't rather than for what it is. Yeah, what? Well, it's. It, it's not celebrated as an amazing of film work it's celebrated because it's this complete total odyssey uh, oddity sorry yeah um, it's not again it, it's not because of the fact that it's got this great story it's about the fact that it doesn't really seem to have a story so it, it, it's not what it's actually about it's about what it's not what's not there is almost part of the intrigue of trying to piece together. Like when people try and work out what Inland Empire is about, and even David Lynch goes, why are you doing that? Nothing. <laughs> if you can work it out, fine. But I wrote it, and I don't know. Yeah. And, and there's an element of, of that. It's kind of credited as being one of the um, best examples of like beat generation yeah, era is. stuff on film, isn't it? Yeah, and that's it. And I think part of that is down to the fact that you've got a very, a very strong central performance, Peter Weller. But I think what adds to that is um, Howard Shaw's score is is spot yeah. on for not just the film, but the um, where the, the the book came from. 
having that that jazz score mm. uh, works um, really well for it. Um, and it's a fantastic score. But again, similar to Shivers, it's got this really odd, low-key tone to it. Mm. Yeah, no one really reacts to anything no, at any point. <laughs> that's it, you know, Peter Weller, when, when fucking, like, the, his typewriters start coming to life, yeah. it, he, he's not, oh shit, it's just, oh, that's happening. Because he knows, he knows he's hallucinating, doesn't he? That's it, but there's no, you just have an, a, a big reaction no, to it, no. and then realise, oh, there's this. He just... He just kind of takes it all in his stride a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's credit to, to, to Peter Weller, who, you know, Peter Weller is most recognisable for Robocop. And I think that, that it's almost unfortunate because he's actually brilliant in almost everything he's ever in. But he's also brilliant in Robocop. But he's also brilliant in Robocop, yeah. But I think that's the whole, the fact that he's Robocop, but he's only Robocop... In, is he, is, is, he is in the second one, isn't he? Yeah, not in the third. He's no, in no. the third. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's in two Robocop movies. But Robocop became something so much bigger mm. than that. You know, you had like a TV series and your cartoon, the toys, all things like that. But he's become synonymous with all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a similar way to like Stallone with Rambo um, and the John Rambo character there. Because of that, but Stallone was in all of it, with the exception of the voice of the in the cartoon. But he was he was involved in that mm. to a degree, um, and yeah, I, I think he's fantastic in this. Oh yeah, yeah, he really, really good performance. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's fantastic. I mean, the the, the, the whole cast are. Um, Everybody is fully, fully in. And I mean, like, you can say that with everything Cronenberg. Like, everybody believes in the project. Yeah. In all of his films. Like, people are in there in his film, films believing the vision. And, yeah, I mean, Weller is great. Like, that whole kind of, like, the... Like, spy detective thing, but also the writer. Like, it, it's, it's great. Um... It looks amazing as well. Like Peter Shuzitsky, I think, was the cinematographer on this, and it, it's a remarkable-looking film. It's, it's really uh, light. Like, I mean, it's a bit. Yes. It, it, it's, it's often, you know, because what they've done is they've almost. It, it's almost like a noir without ever being a noir. Mm. And noirs are always in the shadows. They're always even at daytime. They're in bars or they're in a dimly lit um, yeah. detective's office or something like that. And whereas this, it's all daytime. It's all well lit buildings. Yeah, in Tangera and Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's um It's just the fact that you've got bugs turning into typewriters and then seemingly being turned on by being typed on. Um, Don't forget having having bug powder smeared on their lips did that as well. Really enjoyed that, didn't it? It did very much enjoy the bug powder smeared on his lips. Yeah. 
and then the fact that she yeah. asked him to do it afterwards yeah. as well. Yeah. Not into that. Didn't really know what was going on, but I very much enjoyed the ending. That's Just, it. Like, Roy Scheider, fucking hell, he's in two scenes, and he absolutely bosses them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's great. But then, like you say, everybody, um, Julie Davis is fantastic in it. Um, Julian Sands turning up and being just brilliantly, like, creepy, but not being creepy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it just, it, the, the casting of it is just really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ian at home just, I think using his ability to talk really well. And that's what a lot of this is. It, it, it's people okay. it's people just talking to each other. Yeah. That's the that, that, that that's the brilliance of it. It is there's not a lot of like action or anything like that. It, the majority of the film is, is people talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's mm. it's quite it's quite gripping, but it's not like, it's not even like very tense or anything like that. It, it's a it's such an odd film yeah. that I can see why people don't like it, or people go, "It's about nothing." I'm like, "You're kind of right," yeah. but again, I still really, I, I still found it really engaging to be with. Yeah, I, I, I really like it, and I don't really know why. I'm the same. Is I really like it and I don't know why other than the fact that it's got a really a pleasant pace to it. <laughs> and I think and, and, and I, I honestly could spend any amount of time watching Peter Weller or anything. Yeah, I mean I'm at a definitely not shit with a Susan of thanks I hate it. I can see that. It, I think out of the ones out of the four we've watched I would say it's the least icky in terms of hmm. the visual sense. Um, I I do think it's very strange the fact that you literally you have a section in the film that is based on a real moment in his life that is the essentially the accidental killing yeah. of a real person that nobody to... actually seems to ever bring up. <laughs> yeah, those weren't like as a those were while he was under investigation for it. Yeah. Not as a sentence for it. Yeah. It was deemed accidental death. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's literally, it's, it, it's, it's a direct retelling of what happened. Yeah, yeah. And the character's called Bill, and the character that you feel is called Joan, and he's called William, and his wife was called Joan. And he was an Yeah. I didn't know any of that, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah he, he shot his wife in the head playing a game of William Tell. Um and yeah, that's that that yeah. Yeah. It was an accident, I didn't mean to shoot her. No. So, no, 
بری بری ببینم Yeah. Um, so, you guys are definitely not shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Um, I'll get our audience pull up on that one. Definitely not shit. Sixty percent. Touching cloth. Twenty percent. And shit. Twenty percent. The thing is, if somebody said to me, "Yeah, I've seen Naked Lunch and I think it's shit," I would be like, "That's fine." I can absolutely see why someone would think it's shit. Yeah, I can see why it's in my mind. Yeah. And you know, not like, like it's bad film or anything like that, but I can see why people go, look, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's got no real storyline. It is just a collection of just oddity for the sake of oddity. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough, in your bag. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And one of the rare times on this podcast, <laughs> I will say that I've read a book that you've not read back in. I know, it's weird, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. Let's, um... Let's, let's break. Do we have any what we watched? Well, I do. Does anybody else? You do. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. Well, I've got two, but one of them was a rewatch of Elvis. Um, that I went to see with, with Noel, um, Yesterday afternoon, uh, and what I will, what I can say is um, that Elvis still slaps second viewing, still really nice. good. Uh, if anything, I think I probably enjoyed it a little bit more. I'm really excited I'm going to go see it on Saturday and I'll finish three hours before you and can't come home. Yeah, uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It's really good. Austin Butler is fantastic, um, and it's yeah, um, and I've got to that Noel enjoyed it too. Also, he did turn around to me after about 35 minutes and go, this is a fucking loss. <laughs> I was like, it is, yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, you, go- were you guys drunk? No, we were drinking. Sorry. We, we, oh, okay. we, we were a little bit tender, is what I will say. Nice. Sorry, Dax. It is very frenetic at the start, isn't it? It's got a very busy start. It does. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so what 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 individual do you both have watching? Um, so I, um, while you while you were on route to Glasgow, mm-hmm. um, watched Clue with Isabel, um, which Clue, never, nice. Yeah, she's never seen it before, and she likes likes Tim Curry well enough from like um, Legend and obviously It. Um, she's seen him, so yeah, we had to show up here. She was like, we finished, and she was like, that's fucking mental. And then the alternate endings started, and she just found that quite amusing. Mm. I fucking love Clue. I could, I could watch that like every couple of weeks quite happily. Yeah, it's a good movie, it's Clue. Mm. Um, and that's the only one I've watched on there. Okay, shall I do mine? Yeah. So, I watched Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> What's it like? Because the thing is, 
I didn't mind Minions. And I would, you know, I, if, if we were covering Minions for the, for the podcast, I would have been perfectly fine to go to see it. So, I was a bit disappointed by this. Um, oh. Primarily, primarily because, honestly, the best bits are in the fucking trailer. Ooh, and I know that's such a lazy thing to go up, uh, to say, but there's been quite a few trailers for Rise of Gru, because it was supposed to come out two years ago. Then it was supposed to come out last year, but they literally didn't have enough time. Uh, like, they couldn't finish it, like because of COVID, like stopping the fucking sh- like the animation from being made. So it's come out this year, but there's been loads of trailers, and I was just thinking, right? So here's some slapsticky stuff in these trailers. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, mm-hmm. the trailer where they're flying a plane. Yes. That is basically that entire sequence is basically all in that trailer. Oh. And I watching that trailer and the just like the the one coming out at the end when like he's been in the toilet. It's like no, haha. Like I I love it. Big fan. But the 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 big. And the, the the fucking trailer with, like, the minion talking about how he swapped the thing for the rock with the googly eyes and, like, talking about his... how he did that. It's great stuff. The film itself is, unsurprisingly, very much about the rise of Gru. There's a lot of Gru. You mean the character that nobody has any interest in yeah. from... You know, yeah. The fact is, the fact that the minion started from the Despicable Me film and now we're on to we've had we've had three Despicable Me films yeah uh, and we've had this is the second Minions film but there was more yeah. Minions in the second and third Despicable Me movies than there was group yeah correct and now the story of it is You've got the Vicious Six, who are this team of supervillains, headed up by Alan Arkin. Not Alan Arkin playing Alan Arkin, but the character voice by Alan Arkin. That'd be so good. good. Yeah, I mean, that would have been great. Um, He's betrayed by uh, these other ones. Uh, Gru auditions uh, to be the new member of the Vicious Six, is rejected, steals the MacGuffin from them, and then Alan Arkin wants the MacGuffin from him. Um, and the minions are in it, obviously, and they're around, but it's about Gru realising that he needs to work with a team. Fuck that. I don't want Gru working with a team. I want minions. Mm. I paid for minions. Give me some fucking minions. And when it finished, I said to lots, like, what do you think of that? And she was just like, yeah, it was okay. And usually she's pretty up. Like, as much as she doesn't like films, after going to see a film that she actually has said, yes, I want to go and see it, she's usually like, yeah, I I, I really like that. That was funny, blah, blah, blah. With this, she was just like, yeah, it was okay. And 
I, I, I honestly think it's because there's so much Gru and not enough minions. Which, about um, the first person to say that, is that a lot, a lot of things I've said about it, people were saying, why aren't there enough, why, why isn't there more minions in the fucking minions movie? This, this is it. I mean, they're funny. Like, for me, I think they're funny. Their, their mix of, like, languages is just great, and it sounds funny coming out of them. What, what can I say? And there's surreal shit to them that I enjoy. But then, at the end, you've got, like, uh, people turning into a Chinese dragon, and dragons and uh, fucking minions working with Gru to try and save the day and it's just like uh, I, I don't I don't care I don't care I want minions so yeah I was disappointed by minions the rise of Gru um, but the gentle minions trend I think I genuinely enjoy that I think that's fucking funny that it has just become a thing to go watch minions dressed in a suit Thing is, though, if they were just going to see minions dressed in a suit, it would be fine. If they weren't dicking about and like throwing hot dogs at the screen and interrupting the screening. Didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah they, that, 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 that's the thing is that that um, you have come out and said is we were, fun, we, were, yeah, we were fine with the people turning up in suits. The problem was that it's a kids' movie, you had families in there, and they were literally. It was an absolute. They were they were not sitting and watching the film. They were like um, shouting minions things, like repeating everything that was on the screen that the minions were saying, and they were throwing things around. So it was just it, we were getting like kids coming out crying. All right. Okay. Fine. All right. What, but what they should have done, what they should have done, was just had gentle minions screens. No, they can't have fucking chicken hot dogs. No, and have that, and what I've said, if they want to do that, like when they have sing-along screens for things, yeah. it could, they could have worked out a, a way of doing the marketing for it. Yeah. And having that. But yeah, but the thing is, the idea of it, the idea, I agree with them, it, it's a fun idea, yeah, this, this ridiculousness of people so going in suits. But the problem is, there'll always be a few idiots that will just take it too far and get a little bit too excited. Want too many cans of monster. Mm-hmm. Which Jean Claude Van Damme? So <laughs> oh, uh, he might have been one of the vicious six. Yeah. If he if he was, he has like three lines. He's Jean Claude, uh, uh, a giant mm. called lobster claw. Yeah, he maybe has three lines. Yeah, there is, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's like a Kung Fu-y section where Michelle Yeoh is training the minions, and that section is fucking great. Because there's no Gru. <laughs> so the minions... The minions to the rise of Gru is great, there's just too much Gru. Yep. 100%. Fair play. That's it for me? I have... I have one. I watched Over Her Dead Body, the 2008 Paul Rudd comedy that also starred Eva Longoria Parker, nice, yeah. Lake Bell, Lindsay Sloan, and Jason Biggs. Sweet. Yeah. Um, basically, I, I watched this because it, it, it was 90 minutes. 
I had a free 90 minutes and I like Paul Rudd. Do you know what? It's fine. <laughs> the premise of the film is that uh, Paul Rudd and Eva Longoria uh, are about to get married. It's their wedding day. Um, she's very much a control freak and ends up um, being crushed by an ice sculpture of an angel that has no wings um, made by Stephen Root um, and dies. And uh, you fast forward to a number of months later, um, a year later, I think it might be, and he's just not quite got over it. Um, so his sister, played by Lindsay Sloan, has him go and see a, uh, a medium played by Lake Bell to try and get some kind of form of closure of it. He's sceptical, but not like aggressively sceptical, because he's Paul Rudd. Um, but nothing kind of happens. Then Lindsay Sloan basically bullies Late Bell into faking some kind of like she's been spoken to by giving her Eva Longoria's diary. But what would you have it at the same time Eva Longoria actually starts haunting Late Bell? Right. Over it. Yeah, and starts just making her life hell because they her and Paul would start dating. It, it's fine. It's 95 minutes. Fairly inoffensive. It's quite funny at points. Um, the worst part of it is is Eva Longoria. Um, she's not bad. It's just there was a whole thing where she was a big thing for like two years because of the, the Desperate yeah, Housewives yeah. thing. Yeah. And the problem is she's not charismatic or charming enough to be no. that big a deal. Yeah. Um, she, I'm going to be really fucking like, film snobby here and say it. She's a TV actress. Yeah, she is. Yeah. You know, that's not a problem. It's just some people are suited to TV and some people are suited to, to oh. movies. You know, there's, 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 there's movie stars that have tried to do TV and, and yeah. they lose all their charisma on TV. It just doesn't click in the same way. Mm. Uh, and that's it. She doesn't it doesn't fire off in the same way. Yeah. But I had enough fun with it. It's perfectly fine. It, it, it suited the 95 minutes that I had. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. He gets to be... Yeah, you can't really go wrong with that. Yeah, he gets to be kind of funny and charming and have sort of moments, you know. There's, you know, I think there's some really good kind of mid sort of Paul Rudd movies where he's not he's not with like all of like like the the, the Amatel cast that are all around there uh, and it's not like the the post MCU ones but things like um, like this is, is really uh, is a fun one and there's a there's one he did um, I'm trying to remember what it's called Shape of Things. Yeah, The Shape of Things is a really good one as well. Where um, Rachel Vice essentially starts dating him and it, it turns out that he's like... Um, she's basically using him as a, a, a living performance art thing. Where she changes him from being quite a nerdy guy to a, a hot guy. 
and he has no idea about it all. And it's just like this this fucking performance art thing that she's doing in the background. It's, it's weird, it's fun, but weird. Yeah, it, it, you kind of watch it going, it's quite fun, it's quite fun, is it? And all of a sudden you get this, this bit, you're like, that's just a bit fucking bleak. Yeah. But it's, it's a very good film. The Shape of Things. You should. Yeah, that's what I watched this week, and the, the, the slew of Cloranberg I watched. Well, let's get straight back into it. Three out of four. Here we go. Existence. A game designer on the run from assassins must play her latest virtual reality creation with a marketing trainee to determine if the game has been damaged. Uh, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's the plot of the film about half hour, 40 minutes in. Uh, stars Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Ian Holm and others. Um... So this is an interesting one. This came out. Uh, it is a film from 1999. Um, one of the quotes on the poster says, "Makes the Matrix look like child's play," um, and it does feel just incredibly late 90s. Oh yeah. Uh, um. First off, I gotta say, at the start where it, it's like the focus group. Why why the fuck is this focus group taking place in what kind of looks like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? <laughs> I found that very odd. What I will say, I quite enjoy Existence. There's a fair bit of... Not exactly thanks I hate it, but just gooey, squishy, like, when they're fucking fondling the controllers. It's like, oh, come on now. Um, but, I quite enjoy the video game commentary of it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's And it, it feels... I was thinking about it. So, 1999, Grand Theft Auto 3 hadn't even come out yet. You know, we're in a... And, and we're in this world where they don't call them NPCs, but where they're talking about how NPCs get stuck in kind of loops. And, like, you know, the whole kind of, like, you've got to say the line with the person's name to kind of activate them. And that just, it felt like, at the very least, Cronenberg had done research. Mm. Um, Maybe the secret game. I mean... If he's a secret game, I mean, like, he's obviously he's a horny motherfucker, but it, it feels like I wish I had an N64 where I fucking fondle the controller. Like, there's that analog stick. Oh, yeah, fucking get that analog stick up my ass. Let's go. Yeah, I wish you know, I wish my it, controller squealed when I when I rapidly tap it. Yeah, I, I, I wish I, I had to uh, lick my finger before... Uh, like fingering the control stick. <laughs> um, I wish I, my game console could penetrate me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, 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 the madness of this film is that the idea for it came from an interview with Salman Rushdie. <laughs> what? The idea that Cronenberg had the idea for this film uh, whilst he was conducting an interview with Salman Rushdie. 
what, what, what was it just like, Salmon? Have you ever thought about whether you could put your dick in an N sixty four? But it was Cronenberg had an idea of a fatwa against a virtual reality game designer. Okay. okay. I mean, I mean, yeah. Look, the thing I, is, I quite, I, I, I quite enjoy existence. But yeah, go on, Mark. The, go the on. thing is that it. <laughs> Virtual reality, we were talking about 23 years ago, uh, but virtual reality was kind of like, it was a big deal in the late 90s. Yeah. It was seen as it was going to be, like, this big thing. And, it, and you know, like, even sort of now, like 20 odd years later, you know, you've got VR headsets uh, that you can get for PlayStation. Uh, but it's not like... It's not like everybody who has a PlayStation has a VR. No. It, it, it's not quite become the thing that I think that, that they thought it was going to become in the, in the late 90s. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to try it. That's it. I, I, I'd love to try it. To, to try before you buy. To try it. But I'd have to buy a PlayStation VR to try it, yeah. uh, and the thing is, I can't see me regularly using it. No, Partially because I have glasses, and I would just be there going, wait, that blurs, that blurs right there, that blurs right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it it just, there's not enough content. Mm. Like, the, it's a, it, it's a snake eating its own tail, that, like, studios won't put enough money in to make, like, really proper full games for it, and because that's ha- not happening, not enough people are using VR, which is making people skittish about putting loads of money into VR games. That's it. it, it, it it's the thing of, it's, like you say, the it's almost like the gaming, the gaming has moved beyond that. Uh, and, it, and VR hasn't been able to keep up with how fast gaming's moved, so it's become too expensive to, to kind yeah, of do. Yeah. Like, like, like you say, it is the, it, the snake eating its own tail a little bit of it all. You really like Existence, don't you, Lex? I love Existence. I really, really love it. I, I forgot how how many kind of sexual references they sort of are in the film and what it was about. That was a bit awkward. But then we made it not awkward by just laughing about it. She was like, Ew, I'm so wanking, what's that fucking game for? And then it was broken, so it's fine. But yeah, yeah, really loved it. It was was nice actually watching it with someone that has never seen it before as well. Because obviously, we've watched it quite a lot. So the ending, obviously, you know what it is. So no surprise anymore. Whereas she was like, oh, fuck, the whole thing was fake. Wow. So yeah, that was good. But yeah, I... But was it? <laughs> you know, at the end, it's like, well, are we in the game or not? Yeah, but that would mean that that bit was fake as well. Everything could be fake. They could just be that. Oh, fake. so it was... All, yeah, okay. All right. No, no, no. Sorry. I get you now. Well, she, she, was, she was like... Gagging at the bit where he makes the gun. Oh, the bit he makes the gun is horrible. Yeah. The thing is, the bit he makes the gun, right, I feel about that 
like Ian feels about all of the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, that's it, interesting. It's, yeah, it's I couldn't have that much of a problem with it. it it's all of all of what you like the ickiness that you feel about it is condensed out of that for me because I and it's a genuine thing, isn't it? It's a medical. It's, it's a it's a like an actual mental thing. I can't stand people hearing people eat. Yeah, it, it, it genuinely. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of that, and you're like sucking bits off it and going like that, and I'm like. It's not even like the ickiness of that. It, it's just the I, I can hear him eating, and it it makes me want to pull my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the um, I think to me as well, it's the fact that he he really doesn't want to be doing that, and he's just he's just being held hostage essentially by his game character. Mm. So he's having to do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's got the Cronenberg kind of fingerprinting all over it of like, you're right, yeah. Uh, that's Lottie going down the stairs. Sorry, I was just talking to her. I just had to mute my mic for a second. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sounds like it's almost falling over. Yeah, it's, it's got the ickiness of a Cronenberg film. There's a lot of gross, like, you kind of moments in it. But it's also, it's got a really sort of linear story as well that that is really well fleshed out. It's a really well fleshed out story. It's also the most, I would say, mm. energetic yeah. of the four we've watched. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I would probably say, out of the Cronenberg-y, yeah. Cronenberg movies, it's probably the most accessible. Oh, so you talk about like like including things like the fly and video drone and bits like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I would say so. Yeah. I think it's probably the one that's most likely to appeal to a wider audience. Yeah, because it's not quite the fly. Or the flowers are huge fucking hit. Flowers like made a huge amount of money, and this just didn't. It died a fucking death. Mm. And it's not like it's it, it's even developed like a cult following or anything like that. It's just kind of. It's there, and there's there's people who like it, but I would say not enough to make it a cult hit or anything like that. Yeah. There's enough people who like it that it can constantly get a um, that it gets like an iTunes release. Yeah. 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 I don't think you want to market it. No. I think it, it was just before Jude Law was... I mean, Jude Law has never been somebody who could sell a film so than his own. But they kind of thought mm. he could for a while. But in reality, he hasn't. I mean, The, the Matrix is the big... was like the big trippy mm. thing of the time. Um... And it, it, it kind of feels like... It was almost at a point where Cronenberg was underappreciated as well. Yeah, that, that, um, that's it. He, he, yeah. You know, it, it, it was almost seen as... You know, he'd had... He'd had his success with... Um, like Video Drug, Dead Zone, Fly, Dead Ringers. Then Naked Lunch was just a bit... Uh, and then... 
you know, crashed with a lot of tension and a lot of critical acclaim, but a game just kind of died a death. Um, and then this came out, and you know, it was. He had to kind of pick up the pace again after that. You know, Spider did nothing. Mm. Yeah. It's just a bleak film. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that he comes back with history of violence, and it kind of seems like he's back, but then he's also not necessarily doing the stuff that he was kind of known for. Then he gets prestige for a bit. Then that doesn't really work, and now he's back with Crimes of the Future. Um, is that a seamless fucking? Would... Is that is that a seamless? <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, hey. Look, existence definitely not shit. Definitely not. Oh, yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, our audience poll. I mean, this is quite cool. This is what is it? Definitely not shit. Extends. Uh, extends sixty-seven percent. Uh, touching cost seventeen percent and shit seventeen percent. So I think that's so far that makes it our most liked of the movies. Sounds it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool that. Hang on a second. I'm just going to see if uh, if if Lottie wants fifty p to grab me a beer. Uh, that would be fine. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Um, so, moving on to Crimes of the Future. Starring Vigo Mortensen, Leia Sadu, and Kristen Stewart. Humans adapt to a synthetic environment with new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, I'm just going to say here, I'm editorialising, the fantastically named Soul Tensor celebrity performance artist publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in avant-garde performances. This is a film that in 2022 got a theatrical release in the US and has made fuck all. It's coming out in the UK in UK cinemas in September and will make fuck all. Mm-hmm. But... I think Cronenberg probably loses people money, but I love that people are giving him money. Mm-hmm. In a way. This film is a massive thanks I hate it. <laughs> Bex, what do you think? Do you know what? It's, it's weird. Possibly because this was the fourth of the four we were watching um, and I also watched The Fly not so long back and, and stuff I don't know, I, I didn't find this as icky as I thought it was going to be and maybe it is but maybe I was just numb to it having watched all the others that's a distinct possibility um, I did really like it um, I'd quite like to, to sort of re-watch it we, we had to split it up, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd quite like to rewatch it all in one, in one go. Um, it's back to that same kind of low energy thing that we were saying about um, Shivers and Mr. Lunch, though, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a low, low energy vibe to it. Um, 
and the story's really thin. Um, like not an awful lot seems to happen. But what does happen, and the atmosphere and the general aesthetic of it, I really like. Caveat, except Kristen Stewart, I thought she was awful. And you're not a Kristen Stewart hater, are you? I am not, no. no. I like her. I, I, I like I think she's worked really hard to kind of subvert the view that all she can do is look awkward and bite a lip and look down. And then she's just back to doing that same shit in this and she's not she's just not good in it. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Lottie's talking to me, just a sec. Sorry about that. Um, she got some Pokemon cards and she's really, really excited. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, I mean, I was already not on this film's wavelength when it opens with a kid eating what looks like a plastic waste paper basket and then his mum being really annoyed by it and killing him. Mm. How about that you know, it's just like, all right, well, that's a statement of intent, isn't it? And there's just a bit of me that is just, yeah. I, and again, after watching all four of these films, where it's like, yeah, all right, David, I get it, cool. All right, what are we going to do this time then? What's going to go in what hole? <laughs> and um, but you you know what I mean? It, it, it's and it. It, like you like you said, Bex, it it does feel low energy and there is somewhat of a plot there. But by by the point by the time it got to this, I was just a bit done. And it, it, it it's like and it is thanks I hate it, but it's a weirdly bored thanks I hate it. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, of course I'm not going to enjoy this. What what are we doing now? Oh, yeah, cool. All right, we're going to do a fucking uh, performance art autopsy of a kid, and then there's going to be a bunch of, like, fucking tattooed what-the-fuck organs. Cool. Great. Great. I did... I, I, right, there was one bit that grossed me out, actually. What? The bit where hmm. she opened his zipper and started, like, looking at the open room. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, not into that. I mean, like, I thought the relationship between Mortensen and Sado was, like, weirdly sweet. Mm. Um, like, I, I I, quite enjoyed that vibe. Um, and the ideas of the film, you know, like, the, the, the whole kind of, like, changing your body so that are you human or are you not, and, like, making synthetic bars that now you can eat because you've been changed like that I that, you know that that's interesting mm, and like the, the, um, the fear of change and evolution as well by them trying to like removing all these new organs and cataloging them rather than like leaving them yeah yeah i mean it, it's got interesting ideas i just like if it if it was less horny, 
I think I think maybe I just I I would connect to it more. Even though it did make me laugh when Vigo Mortensen was that line where like he's talking to Christian Stewart, he's like, "I'm bad at the old sex." Yeah. Um, you know, it it, it just it 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 kind of, there was a part of me that's like it's Cronenberg knowing that he can do all this stuff, but ever so slightly playing the hits. It's a bit boring. Yeah. But it's almost like the film has tricked you into not wanting to admit that it's a bit boring. It's it's interesting. The ideas are interesting, but they're not executed in that interesting a way. It's not the film that the trailer suggests. Um, no, no, not at all. At all. Um, it's a less interesting film than the trailer suggests. It's a less provocative film than the trailer suggests. And it ends up just being an awful lot of um, of Viggo Mortensen dressed like he's going to the Black Parade and talking <laughs> really sort of roughly and quietly. And people talking to each other for like five minutes in just in language that kind of makes no sense, but the film tricks you into thinking that it's smart. But actually, it's just bollocks. It would make sense if you weren't in the film. Yeah, and it's just... Oh, no, because it's the future. It's how people will talk in these situations. It's how these things will be referred to. Yeah. And there's an, almost an element of it of just going... Yeah, do you know what? Maybe it's just a bit... It's not crap. Yeah. It's not. And it looks all right. But something that I said to you, Bex, about these things, the, the reason why these films uh, now don't feel as icky as they did 40, 30 years ago is because they're, they're digitally shot. They look really clean. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have that that odd fucking feeling that the like shivers has. Mm. Yeah. It, it doesn't have that. It feels you, you just you don't get that sense of, of awkwardness from it. It's not a criticism of performance yeah. or anything or anything like that. I think everyone is I, I actually don't mind Chris and Stewart, I think she's alright in there. I, I think that I don't think it's as good as things that she's done over the past four or five years. I think it's maybe as good as things that she did six or seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but I almost think Lacey do. I don't think she's actually that great. I think she's committed. I just don't think she's that great. I think she's just... Oh, and she's fine. Yeah, she's, she just doesn't really do but much. That's it, but none of them really do anything. No. It, it's not... There's nothing that makes me go... Alright, fucking hell, that's a bit interesting. The probably the most interesting character is Scott Speedman. And you should never say that about anything. That's true. It, when it finished, I, I thought, I, I'm a solid three and a half out of five, seven out of ten. And I think that now I'm maybe a little bit like, it, it, it's, it's good filmmaking, it's not bad, it's just a bit boring. 
Yeah. Shame, like from the trailer, it looked like it had a ton of potential to be really, really great. Cronenberg. Yeah. It. it no, I mean, I think it's got production value. I mm. think the score's great. Yeah, the score's very good. Yeah, the production value's great. Yeah, and. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know. It just it it feel it feels like it's trying to be provocative. Mm. Because maybe it doesn't quite have enough else, elsewhere, to to say. Um, it, it feels for a title of Crimes of the Future, which is a you know that's a big title. Mm. It it feels like what it's concerned with is actually quite small scale because it's quite a personal story. Um, and yeah, I yeah. I don't know, it was interesting hearing your reactions to it, because I was just, like, honestly, I was just like, right, okay, yeah, I mean, thanks, I hate it, but obviously, right, what are we doing now? Yeah, don't like that. Don't like that, but it's because I'd watched, like, this was my fourth Cronenberg film in three days, and it was just like, yeah, don't like that, don't like that, of course I don't like that. What have we got now? Oh, yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah, it's... There's a possibility that it is that I just had that because Cronenberg. Because what I will say is, they all have a vibe to them. He's, mm. he's got a pacing that feels very Cronenberg. Mm, yeah. For it, yeah. and there's a there's a there's a there's a sound almost that feels quite Cronenberg. Mm. Uh, yes, there's not a lot of background noise in Cronenberg movies. I don't know. It's so weird, yeah. but it, but it's definitely something that I've noticed in all of them. Yeah. That it. it but the sound you are hearing is, is the people talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so th- there is there is that to it. But maybe yeah, maybe if I've watched this first or I've watched it second, I might have a slightly different. Maybe I'll just Cronenberg down. By that point. No, you see, because I'm still super keen to watch Video Girl again. I'm dead zone. But I watched Dangerous Method again. I don't know. That's the. Yeah, because I remember. I, I refused to watch it for I remember finding it really funny. <laughs> should we do? Should we do like like we've done Cronenberg and Cronenberg? Should we do non-Cronenberg and Cronenberg next week? No, <laughs> I think we're all a bit Cronenberg out. Really offensive. I'm a twenty-three book again, don't I? Yes. So where are we all with it then? It's definitely not shit. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely not shit. It's just not what I hoped it would be. And I'm not thanks, I hate it. Like, I could see, if you said thanks, I hate it, I, I would agree with you on I could say, yes, I can see why you're saying that. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's icky enough. No. Um, like, the most icky moment it probably is when when she starts eventually fucking licking out his zipper. But even that isn't icky enough. No, because it's not, like, sure. No, it, it, it cuts away the minute she starts actually doing it. Yeah. It, 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 it's like, it's like the Lorna version of it. What? Lorna. Lorna. Like Lorna. Oh. I don't know. Well, do you know what's interesting, though? Oh. Our audience poll. Definitely not shit. Zero percent. <laughs> Touching cloth. Zero percent. Shit, seventy five percent, and Geostorm twenty five percent. 
But the thing is, I've seen an awful lot of people not liking it. I think with a, with a director like Cronenberg, when they've got a new film coming out, it's like you get really excited, and then when it's disappointing, you get it. it it's like it's a yeah. heightened disappointment. Escalated. Yeah. 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 So I, I can see why not loving it translates to hating it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 can, I can see that. It, it's the you, you have an over the top reaction to it. Mm. Oh, maybe it is just actually shit and we're wrong. Definitely. You guys, maybe. Really. You are often wrong. Not me. That would be the, the shock of the century. Okay. Cronenberg's done, thank fuck, but there's still some questions. Yeah, well, I asked uh, our audience and uh, got a response from Rickard, uh, saying, what are your top five Cronenbergs? Um, and Rickard says, number five, Existent. Number four, Scanners. Number three, The Dead Zone. Number two, Eastern Promises. And number one, The Fly. Uh, what are your guys' um, top fives? Uh, okay. The Fly, History of Violence, The Dead Zone, Existence, Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises number one. Oh, no, sorry, that was uh, one to five. Sorry, I did that the wrong way around. The Fly at number one. That's really Yeah, The Fly. Yeah, it is. That should be a full-on, thanks, I hate it. For you. yeah. Yeah, but I haven't watched it in like 10, 15 years, so if I watched it now, it probably would be. Okay. <laughs> and that's the reason why you're not watching it again, isn't it? No, no, I genuinely will live my life. The Dead Zone is probably the only Cronenberg film I'll probably ever go through my life watching a second time, like a further time. That's fine. Done. Yeah, I'm done. So mine will probably be Rabbit at number five. Then um, Cosmopolis at number four. Then Shivers at number three. And History of Islands at number two. And uh, Naked Lunch at number one. Right, okay. So probably... Mainly because, even though I've seen it a couple of times and now I like it, my brain can't remember most of Videodrome. I think I've never watched it sober. (laughs) So I'd probably say Scanners at number one, Existence at number two, Videodrome, at number three, uh, the dead zone at number four, and rabbit at number five. Fair play. Um, and we have uh, Rick Kidd asked us a question where he says, I'm currently fighting up a dose of COVID, but we, I think we can all say we hope you get better soon. Yeah. And we hope you're better, although we hope you're better yeah, by the time right. you're listening to this. Um, we hope if you're not, we brighten your day. Yes. Just 
Do you have any go-to comfort films when you're feel when you aren't feeling on top form? Yeah. So. Never ending story, but bad. Princess Bride. I'm not going to be Billy Big Bollocks about this. Genuinely, if I don't feel run down all that often, and when I do, I just sleep. Um, the last time, not not. I mean like hungover but if i'm hungover i don't really have any attention span at all um like the last time i had a well I'd, so i had a day off when i had covid um the last time before that that i was ill i started watching apollo uh 11 that like that documentary and fell asleep during it. And then I was just asleep most of the day. So honestly, when I'm ill, I just sleep. I'm trying to think now. On it, no, I straight up, like the last film I remember watching when I was ill, we were still living in fucking Cardiff, so that would have been before twenty thirteen, and it was Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> oh, that's another one actually. The whole not the Kieran Knightley one. The kids film. The Joe Dante. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, I, not really one that um I'm assuming if I'm ill I just tend to sleep. Or just comfort film. But like a comfort film, more rats. Yeah, more rats is like it, 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 it's one of my big horror movies. If I'm ever feeling like a little bit like, oh, I usually stick on more rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just prefer to watch things that remind me of being a child. Yeah, which I think is fair enough. Yeah. But that was that was it. That's all, all we had questions. So, what are we covering next week here? That was a good question. So, uh, next week, uh, we're going to be punching our MCU tickets with Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, And I'm hosting. So, um, Kiki is currently in the room. So, I'm going to... and Yeah. Hello. You alright? Yeah. Uh, So, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com forward slash filmbastards for more... Um, we hope you enjoyed this Cronenberg uh, special as much as I didn't enjoy watching the films. Um, thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Right. And listener, right, go lick your finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go lick your finger and stick it in your ear. Yeah. And then take it out. Okay, you done that? Yeah. 
All right. Now open up your arsehole. Right. And then stick your finger up it. Right. Have a bit of a squelch about. So it's all like. And fuck off. <laughs> wow. 